0: Hello everyone and happy Thanksgiving. The best day of the year has finally arrived. We got family, we got food, and of course football. 2020 screw you, you couldn't ruin this for us. And we thank you guys for joining the Pigskin Podcast. Welcome, Welcome to the Pigskin Podcast. <laughs> A weekly podcast about all things football on his first throw. and only football. Every week, we'll go in-depth about each team and deliver the best hard-hitting topics. Touchdown! But you gotta have turkey on Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving with no turkey is like like 4th of July with no apple pie. Or, or Friday with no two pizzas. Once again, everyone, welcome to the Pigskin Podcast and Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Dan, that's Drew. And this is our favorite day of the year. Yes, it is. Because all we get to do is stuff our faces and watch football. Drew and I will tell you we are spoiled because we have been surrounded by family members our entire lives who know how to cook. It's a blessing. Our father, who has passed that tradition down to our sister, Andrew's wife, is an amazing cook, and he'll tell you he's spoiled. I am very spoiled. She's uh, one of the best cooks, if not better than my dad. Oh, and the ooh, good thing is she, it is, but she loves to cook. She loves to serve people. So really, I have an excuse to continue to watch football and to eat food and try to offer her help. She doesn't want it. Not in a rude way, but she loves to cook. And honestly, it's like Christmas. That's uh, early every year for me. Andrew and I know something about food. I mean, we are no skinny minis and we're no gumbies. I mean, it looks like one of us ate gumby. But we certainly are no Gumby. So we know what good food is. And this is our favorite day of the year. And we're happy that you guys have set a little bit of time with us today. So we have a special segment today. Dano doesn't know about it yet. But one thing that we're going to talk about is Thanksgiving. Dano said how much we love it, which we do. We're going to we're gonna bust out some some Thanksgiving stereotypes that we're going to apply to either players or teams. Mm-hmm. That was Dano's idea. I kind of like it. We're going to roll with it. We're first going to start out with some NFL news uh, that's happened this past week. First thing, Joe Burrow unfortunately, being done for the season, tearing his ACL and MCL, and he's also got some structural damage. Now, they said, the doctor said that it's maybe not as bad as what they anticipated. Regardless, the fact that we're losing him for the rest of the season is unfortunate because I believe that he was in contention for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and now that has diminished. I hope his injury is not as bad because he was doing fantastic. But at this point, the Bengals, just a little fantasy advice. If you have any Bengals players, just go ahead and drop them. Or trade them. Try to trade them away in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, to some sucker who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, when I saw the injury, it reminded me of Teddy Bridgewater back when in Minnesota. I hope that the the turnaround doesn't take near as long, but Teddy has proven that no matter what the injury can be, and, and same with Alex Smith as well, that there are two quarterbacks that have persevered through the adversity and and end up you know starting in the NFL again. So I do look forward to seeing Joe Burrow back under center for in Cincinnati. They definitely have to address that offensive line because I, don't, I don't want to I don't say funny enough, but the reason why he ended up getting that injury is because his offensive lineman pushed the defender into him. So mm-hmm. and so we, ar- and we've discussed this for weeks now, just how bad that offensive line is in in Cincinnati. And now it's come to bite them in the butt. I mean, it's it's like it's unfortunate, and I know it's a freak accident. Nobody nobody anticipates that, but it's but, not a surprise that the reason why he's hurt is due to be due to his offensive line. And and it shows you have to invest in protecting your quarterback. We have seen other teams. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago, like with Whitworth going down, Lawan Stanley in Baltimore. Those teams have suffered. By losing top ten tackles in the league, we don't have a big enough sample size yet for the Rams because Angie just this is his first game removed. But look at Baltimore and Tennessee. Once their left tackles got hurt, their complete their their offense completely changed. It's gotten worse. Uh, now Tennessee did squeak out a win, but it's, it hasn't been the same for both teams since losing their star left tackles. And see with the Rams when they played Tampa, they didn't run the ball. At all. Yeah. It was a passing game. Now, it worked in their favor, and we'll talk about that later on when we discuss our picks for the week. They didn't need to run the ball, but I'm curious what the situation will look like as we progress through the season. Now, I hope with Joe Burrow, he doesn't have a situation that Marcus Mariota had, where once he Marcus broke his leg, he was not the same mentally as a quarterback. And I hope that Joe will bounce back, that he can get over the mental obstacle of dealing with such a severe injury. And he has a journey like Alex Smith or Teddy Bridgewater. And I hope he does come back sooner than what's expected. Other NFL news Jets are 0 10. They're officially eliminated from the playoffs statistically. Oh, we didn't think that was going to happen anyway. So it's just, it just happened now. Adam Thielen is on the COVID slash reserve list. And in addition, Rex Burkhead with the Patriots, he's out with an ACL tear. And those ACL tears are stacking up this year. Yeah, I think in, if you look at when they happen, it's on turf. Happened in Houston, turf field. I was watching the game when I was watching Las Vegas Chiefs game. And I was talking to my wife about how Las Vegas is one of only two stadiums where they use real grass in a dome, aside with Arizona it's beneficial when you have a stadium that uses real grass because the injuries are significantly lower than stadiums that use turf. It's just a proven fact. And a lot of running backs, they say even Adrian Peterson said years ago when he was playing in Minnesota, that turf, it, it that recovery is, is, longer. It's a lot of pressure and wear and tear on your knees because the turf doesn't give away like grass does. And the injuries we've seen, I mean, they've been to Odell Beckham, Saquon, Joe, Taylor Lewan, Devin Bush, Tariq Cohen, Nick Bosa. I mean, at some point, this has to be addressed. And I know that the players, they are very passionate in their concern for real grass. I mean, this league does not hurt for money. And they could find some system that would make it easier for players. And obviously, the collective bargaining agreement has already passed, but it will be revisited. And I think that could be something that players try and push the owners to well they they do it because the upkeep is a, it's a lot less than in real grass but if you if you don't have your star player for the season i really think you have to weigh the uh, the pros and the cons and, and yeah i mean and, and look at those players too those players most of them got hurt not even in their own stadium they mm-hmm. were they were playing at a at an away game um updated league leaders right now passing leader Patrick Mahomes rushing leader King Henry and then receiving leader surprisingly is DeAndre Hopkins and I say surprisingly because he is not producing for my fantasy. I had Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins and I lost my fantasy by not even a single point. It was less than a point because DeAndre and Julio decided not to show up for that game. It's it's insane. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean my my receiver, my fantasy is loaded with talent. Um, but it's just the reality is how it is. And then lastly, the biggest thing that just broke yesterday, Ravens and Steelers has been postponed. It's going to be a Sunday afternoon game. And honestly, I'm, I'm a little frustrated with the NFL and the networks not wanting to shift one of the earlier games to nighttime. What's frustrating for me is, yeah, it's unfortunate that we're going to be down a game. And I don't understand why the networks wouldn't want to shift like CBS. Your game is at one o'clock. Why wouldn't you want to shift it till eight to eight thirty in the evening? Yeah. Give, I'd be I'd be all up on that. I don't appreciate the reaction from players like Eric Ebron or Juju from the Steelers. Well, it's unfortunate. I mean, that's that's the you're playing football. Everyone yeah. knows that you play football on Sundays. And even Chase Claypool was like, This is a joke. And Juju said, first the NFL takes away our bye week talking about the Titans game because another team can't get their covid situation together now they take away our thanksgiving primetime game for the same reason shake my head well guess what he's 10 and 0 what is he complaining about mm-hmm. what what if what if they didn't take away that bye week and they were playing this week it could have been vastly different they maybe could have been you know 5 and 5 or something no i don't think they would have been but you're in a position right now that a lot of teams are not in and i, under, I understand teams want to play on thanksgiving I believe that the NFL is going to do some something to make it up to them. I think maybe next year. Yeah, but I don't, with the Steelers, I don't have any sympathy for them. It's not like they have lacked primetime games over the years. Yeah. It would be different if we're talking about a team like the the Jaguars. That poor team, the only primetime they ever get is on Thursday night. This is the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers we're talking about. And to have that type of negative attitude toward a situation that every single team in the league has had to adjust to excluding one team. The only team who has not been affected by COVID has been the Seahawks. Every team has either had a player that's been Which on the is, reserve or COVID seems list. to be ironic because of how many cases and stuff they have there. I don't know. Or that's yeah, that's, topic, where that's where it originally started with Seattle. And they're the only team that has not been affected. This is something that players knew coming into the season. You have to be flexible and he is sh- proving to be inflexible about it. And I just hope, God forbid, his team does have a slew of COVID cases. Because what are you going to say? now? You what, have ha- what if it happens during playoff time? Mm-hmm. And, and that screws if, up the whole... Or if he gets it. Yeah. And so he is now frustrated with other teams. Oh, boo you're 10-0. You have to play a couple of days later. But that mentality during this time when everyone's had to be flexible, grow up. I'm still thinking of that kid running around on his bicycle when he was first drafted. That's that's how he still acts. I mean, I agree because because the, the thing is, if Eric if Eric Ebron is showing no sympathy or you know uh, flexibility with any player team, God forbid, like you said, it happens to them. No team or player organization is going to show sympathy to them because they're not getting it from them, and and I don't wish illness upon anyone. Like you said, what if it gets closer to playoff time and then they're the team that screws up or just by happenstance they get it? Because, look, the reality is sometimes players can't control it. He's talking a lot of smack right now. And, and honestly, it's frustrating. I think anybody outside of Pittsburgh could probably agree with us that I don't really think you have a position to complain. Keep in mind, remember when the Titans were the first team to deal with this and it affected not only the Steelers but the Bills – because they had to push their game back with the Bills, and the amount of hate that the Titans got from Bills Mafia because their game was moved to a Tuesday, and they were talking a lot of crap toward that team, and then they end up getting blown out by the Titans. So I would be slow to make any type of statements like this in a time when we all have to be flexible. As fans, yeah, we're disappointed as well that we have to wait, but that's just the situation that we're in this year. Well, and then I would pose a question to Steelers fans and bills fans. If you played the games that you were supposed to play on the days you were meant to play. And it meant that you were not going to have the record that you do now that you're not leading your divisions, that you're not one of the best teams in the AFC. Would you take that trade? I guarantee all the fans would not take that trade. I, I think they would rather be in the position they are now, but it could be much worse. All right, enough with all the kind of uh, negativeness of this. This is supposed to be a happy Thanksgiving special. It's the best day of the year. I want to go into asking Dana a little Thanksgiving trivia. I'm going to ask a couple of questions. You guys can play. uh, I love trivia. You can play at home too. Now, a couple of these questions, eh, a little bit about Thanksgiving, but most of them are in regard to Thanksgiving football itself. Okay. So the first question I want to ask you, how long was the first Thanksgiving celebration? With the Pilgrims and the Native Americans? Uh, I would assume so. I didn't get that out of context when I asked this, when I looked up this question. I would say a couple of days. Okay. Are you talking about a couple as in two or a couple as in? Oh, um, uh, I'll say four. We'll say four days. It was three days. Dang, I almost went with three. Three days. Second question. How many calories on average are consumed per person on Thanksgiving dinner? Is it A, 2,300 B, 6,200 C, 5,000, or D, 4,500? Well, if it was just based off us two, we would definitely <laughs> consume that 60-something, 100 calories. Uh, I'll go with 4 what'd you say, 4,000? 4, 4,500. 4,500, yeah. That is right. 4,500 okay. for Thanksgiving dinner. That's not even the whole oh. day. Ooh. How um, on aver- How on, on oh. earth is that an average? Now, probably because someone is sliding some uh, pecan pie or something, that's a lot of calories. I don't know. Maybe I'm doubling that. I don't know. And you feel it after you're done. You just want to lay on the couch and watch some football. Well, now you can't even watch football at night. Uh, So now you're going to be having a brick in your stomach, and you're going to be sad because there's going to be no football on. Third question, when was the first Thanksgiving NFL game? Well, I'm going to guess that the first game had to be the Lions because they seem to play every year. Uh, Maybe the 50s, 53 or something. No, it's uh, actually sooner. It's 1934. It was the Lions versus the Bears. You were right on the Lions. Mm -hmm. In 1934, the Lions started. In 1966, the Cowboys started then as well. Mm -hmm. So they've been playing every single Thanksgiving with the exclusion of a couple years, and I'll go into that a little later. And then 2006, the NFL added a third game, which has a rotating host. And honestly, like, I love the tradition of the Cowboys and the Lions. I think that they should always play on Thanksgiving It is a tradition like any other. Like I'm not a fan of either team, but it is what I look forward to. I don't care if the Cowboys or the Lions are bad or good because I don't like ruining with traditions. I think some traditions can maybe evolve. But the fact that since 34 and 66, they've been playing every Thanksgiving game, you have to keep it. But the first game on Thanksgiving was actually Yale and Princeton, and that was in 1876. So question four. How many turkeys are prepared every year on Thanksgiving? I know a lot of people don't eat turkey. And obviously, you usually have one per family. So I will say between 50 to 60 million a year. Very close. 46 million, about average. Dang. That's a lot of turkey. Number five, Black Friday is the biggest day of the year for this profession. You probably already know it. But what is the biggest profession, or busiest, I should say, on Black Friday? Well, retail. Nope. On Black Friday? I'm sorry. I should have clarified. Trade profession. Trade profession. Well, it's not like anyone's getting a haircut on Black Friday. um, Or their car repaired. I'll give you a hint if you want one. I'm going to... No, not the... No, that's not a trade. Uh, Give me a hint. So after all that eating and it's been in your stomach, what happens? (laughs) You got to get new clothes. You got to go poop it out. (coughs) Oh, a plumber! Plumbers. Oh. Plumbers are the busiest trade profession on Black Friday. Oh, I'm well, not surprised. I've, I mean, I've torn up a toilet, so yeah. I can imagine. What? Question number six: What NFL team has the most Thanksgiving losses that are not the Cowboys or the Lions? Well, it's got to be. I would imagine it's got to be a division game, because we know that they're more likely to play on Thanksgiving than any other team in the league. That's what it seems like. So maybe the Washington football team. No, I mean, you're on the right track. So a division team to one of those teams, it's not the Washington football team. Think of history though. I mean, they're a team that goes way back. Maybe the bears. No, the green Bay Packers. Okay. They have had Mm. 20 Thanksgiving losses. The lions are first with 40 Thanksgiving losses. Hmm. Seems like the Lions have uh, done a good job of being consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Consistently bad. Thanksgiving is not the only time they're losing. Question number seven. Who's the only team not to play on Thanksgiving? Is it A, the 49ers, B, the Texans, C, the Cardinals, or D, the Jaguars? I was going to say the Jaguars before you even gave me options. Jaguars are the only team not to play on Thanksgiving Day yet. And honestly, (laughs) I think the (laughs) NFL is going to keep it that way. Yeah. Unless you get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I don't see you guys playing on Thanksgiving because. Sorry, Jags fans. Yeah, the NFL understands those are three massive games as far as viewing ratings. They're not getting it. Question number eight. How many teams have played on Thanksgiving but have not won? Is it A3, B8, C4, or D1? I'm going to say eight. It's got to be the, the largest number on that list. That's uh, that's too much. It's going to be A3. The only teams that have not won on Thanksgiving are the Browns. They're 0-3. And then the Bengals and the Buccaneers are 0-1. Hmm. I guess we're not going to see the Browns on Thanksgiving for a while either. Probably not. Question number nine. And this goes into what I said earlier about Cowboys and Lions missing a couple years. What was the only time Thanksgiving games were not played? You're a history buff. You should know this. Well, I'd say World War II has to be one of them. What was the only time? So there's there's no. only one guess. Well, you said, okay, well, World War II. That's correct. World War II from 1941 to 1944, there were no Thanksgiving games played. Thank you for everyone for their service. But question number 10 is the last question. How many times has a team won on Thanksgiving Day and won the Super Bowl in the same year? Is it A three times, B six times, C one time, or D four times? I'm gonna say one. It's actually four. The Cowboys did it three times. I must have been during the nineties, obviously. Yeah, when they went yep, and then the Dolphins did it one time, and the one time that they won it is when they beat the Cowboys. Well, that's interesting. So it's only four times that a team has won on Thanksgiving and won the Super Bowl in the same year. L. Barry Sanders i formation. Give to Barry. Cut back over the middle of the 25 to the 20. Breaks a tackle to the 15. Stop. Starts 10-5. Touchdown, Lions. Holy mackerel. And they reverse it with Austin carrying it. Williams out in front, blocking, and Miles Austin. There are no flags. Jones delivers the block. Touchdown. Both of those audio clips, I don't know about you guys, but help me reminisce on how beautiful Thanksgiving games are. We're going to get into a segment that I spoke about in the beginning about Thanksgiving traditions, right? Who doesn't love Thanksgiving traditions? How it's going to go is we're going to give it three Thanksgiving things that Dan and I both love. And they're going to be three of things that Daniel and I, you know, maybe don't agree with or think that oh, traditions shit. or foods are, are on Turkey Day or, or shouldn't exist. But the first one being, well, I'll, I'll let you go first, Daniel. Okay. Just a little public service announcement before we go. While we're on the topic of Thanksgiving, there's a difference between stuffing and dressing. If it yes. goes in the bird, it is called stuffing. And it's so good. If it's not cooked in the bird, it is called dressing. And you throw it out. No, that's no, no, quite the opposite. No, you throw it if out. If it's in the bird, it's all it's mushy. delicious. No. no, it's good. No. No, okay. It so tastes we, better. We already have our first split. You're already wrong. We haven't even gone through it. We are already wrong before we even start. The fact that it's called dressing, it, it, but it's I, not, like it, I like it to, to be firm and to not feel like I'm, I could potentially get salmonella because it's been <laughs> stuffed inside a raw turkey. But anyway, that's been cooked. But anyway, that's beside the point. An argument for another day. For those of you who are listening, just know when you refer to stuffing and dressing, know the difference. Okay. So the first thing that I enjoy the most about Thanksgiving is the pecan pie. I love pecan, or pecan. Pie. Well, depending on where you're from in this country, pecan, 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 whatever it is. Pecan pie is my favorite dessert. And it had me thinking, well, pecan pie is my favorite dessert. I love it. I'll eat it anytime. Had me thinking about my favorite player, a player that we can all root for regardless of which team they are on. We root for this person. And that is... Frank Gore and Russell Wilson. (laughs) Frank Gore? Frank Gore, because... Except you're not reading for him to go to the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. We've had that discussion, and you can catch that on episode 18 of the Picscom Podcast about our top five overrated players. I don't think he is a Hall of Fame running back. However, he is a good person. He doesn't cause any problems. There's something to be said about longevity in the league, especially for a position that doesn't typically go over a decade. He's just why he's a Hall of Famer. No. Okay. You can listen to episode 18 and you can hear my argument for why he is not. But we can all root for Frank Gore and Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter which team you are a fan of. I don't know anyone who says anything bad about Frank Gore and Russell Wilson. They're all our favorites. And so I... Make them my pecan pie of the NFL. I think that uh, if you, I think 49 er fans, Cardinal fans, and Ram fans, I think they would disagree with you on the Russell Wilson aspect. Now, um, maybe if you ask them in the offseason when they're not emotionally tied up, I think they would agree with you. Well, I mean, obviously, if they're playing their team, they're going to, I mean, we can all say that about, like, if Frank Gore is playing our team, we're not going to root for him in that moment. But I'm saying as a person and as an overall player, Those are two guys that we can all root for, for the people they are. What is the most overrated thing about Thanksgiving? I think it's the turkey. Exactly. The turkey is the most overrated thing on Thanksgiving. I'll tell you why. Please do, because I agree. It's dry most of the time. Exactly. And people are probably saying, you know what? Well, you're not cooking it right. I don't care. The the thing is, to be able to make it taste good, you got to brine it, you got to saturate it. I going to go into that. Yeah, yeah. The, number two, the effort you put into cooking it does not match the outcome. <laughs> yes. You have to spend countless hours of doing what Daniel said. You got to prepare that bird. And it's just too much time and, and little little bit of reward from it. And the thing is, people only do it for tradition. Yeah. I mean, what well, time in, in we, the year. But we have talked about tradition, which we love. We like tradition, but we watch football games all year long. I'm saying with a turkey. When have you ever been in the middle of May and said, you know what? Man, I want a turkey. I want a turkey. Yeah. I'm going to roast myself a turkey. We only do it simply because it's tradition. Um, I, I would agree. And I think alongside that, it's bulky and it takes up half the table. <laughs> and and half the fridge when you're waiting yeah. to prepare. It. You have to take up basically a little kid's table that you had growing up because you weren't allowed to sit at the adult table. You basically have to take that table and put the turkey on it. Because it ain't going to fit in the middle of the table unless you're some, you know... Some person that has two tables in your own house, one for fancy eating, that's, one for you know mm, normal eating, oh yeah, that's which bougie, we don't have that. Mm, that's the bougie people. It just It's just too bulky. I don't want it. And the last thing is, if I'm going to spend the amount of time needed to, to prepare it, I'm going to cook something, other that's, things that I'm going to enjoy far better. Right. Like, for instance, this year, we are having ham and turkey because parts of our family do want it, and that's I, fine. Mm-hmm. But I got a brisket. Oh. Nice. From a smokehouse, local smokehouse, got a brisket, and guess what? We're going to be eating that. And it is in the oven right now, getting nice and delicious, and we can smell it waffing in the air, and I'm so looking forward to it. I, I'm just hungry sitting here. I know people are semi-jealous of that. I would be too, but I would recommend. I remember one year we decided not to do a turkey. I think it was, uh, I think it was two years ago, Daniel, or was it last and year? I think it was last year. We didn't do a turkey, and let me tell you what. No, no, it was two years ago because our grandparents were in town. We did not have a turkey, and it was beautiful. There wasn't a ton of prep time. It was, it was just, it was just awesome. I mean, we're a family. We like the side dishes. That's what we enjoy the most. Yeah. So based off these common things, so what I'm looking for is I have to ask myself which team or player best describes this. I think it's the Cleveland Browns because I, I put them here. Because look, at the end of the day, the turkey is the most important thing, correct? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. what people are coming for. It's the centerpiece of the whole day. Exactly. Despite the fact that nobody likes the turkeys or, you know, it might be overrated. The Browns are 7-3 and three right now and they're winning games. Mm-hmm. But, but man, they are so boring to watch. <laughs> they are so bland. They have squeaked out two games. You know, in the last three games, they've scored an average of 16 points. Now their record is 2-1. and one. The Browns are not the main dish right now. Like you said, it's the sides. They think that they're the main dish, just like Browns fans think that they're the best team in the AFC North. Oh, yes. But they're not. Just like the turkey is not the main course, even though people think it is. People don't come for that. Man, I've never heard anyone for Thanksgiving, I'm so looking forward to that turkey. No, they're talking about I want the pies and and the side dishes and the time with family. I don't ever hear anyone saying, The turkey is what they want the most. You know what the best thing about a turkey is? Throwing it in the trash. Well, no, because you don't want to waste. Is you let the wishbone dry out and then you fight over which sibling you get to break it with. Mm -hmm. That was the best thing about a turkey. I started out with a pecan pie is my favorite. Now, let's go to a dislike. Now, I was thinking about Thanksgiving and traditions around the country. In the South, I think personally, I'm a little biased. We have the best cuisine. In the entire country. <laughs> I agree. But I'm looking at traditions around the country for Thanksgiving. And you know what I saw on the list, Andrew? I saw salad. <laughs> I saw rice. I saw broccoli. That has to be a Pacific Northwest thing based off of you're, your yeah, foods. You've, you've, you're have you in the right vicinity. It's not the west part of this country. Yes. God bless you guys. Those who are listening to this podcast and live on the west coast like John. And, and we are saying we are unbiased because we have lived on the west coast multiple times. Yes. But you guys, when it comes to Thanksgiving, you're not allowed to set the, the menu. No. Well, you leave it to a Southerner. Why do we have salad, rice, and broccoli on Thanksgiving? Why do we have teams like the Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles? <laughs> Why? Those teams are straight up trash. They're the salad. They're the salad. And the Jaguars are the broccoli. Like Those are not dishes that people want. On Thanksgiving, unless you're going to coat that broccoli with a bunch of gravy or something, melted cheese, that processed Velveeta cheese, no sponsor, by the way, but we'd appreciate it. But give me some processed melty cheese on that broccoli, and we call it a day. And this is Thanksgiving, of course. We think broccoli and salads are wonderful. We love it. Yes, but but not not for Thanksgiving. not, Not on Thanksgiving. So those are my why when it comes to Thanksgiving, and the Jets and the Eagles are my why when it comes to the NFL. Why do we have to watch you on TV? Each and every week, thank the Lord the Jets are out, so maybe we don't have to talk about them as much. It makes me think of that meme where that uh, I think the pastor, he's on stage, and he's like, wow, wow. And that's how I feel about the Jets, the Eagles, and the Jaguars. Why? Andrew, what's your next one? My next thing is not necessarily a food or dish. It's more so a person who thinks they cook the best dish, right? Everybody has that one person. You either have that aunt or that grandma that made a dish that's been in generations forever in the family. And but they that, just think it's the bee's knees. Yes, but they but that dish really is is just bland and doesn't taste good. But you don't have the heart to tell them. Yeah, you don't. And they think that it's literally the reason why people look forward to Thanksgiving every year. I'm going to tell you who that is. That right now is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll tell you why. Okay. They've had four primetime games so far this year, which yes. is the most in the NFL thus far. Mm-hmm. They are one in three in those games. Exactly. They've lost to the Bears twenty to nineteen. They beat the Giants twenty five to twenty three, which barely. Honestly, if Daniel Jones didn't throw the key interceptions, mm-hmm. Giants wouldn't won that game. They outplayed them the entire game. Yep. They lost to the Saints thirty eight to three in a shellacking. And then they just lost to the Rams Monday night, 27 to 24. They're that honor grandma that overhyped that dish that they bring every year to Thanksgiving and everyone's going to love it. But when it comes down to performance on the big stage, they fail. We we talked about this the past two weeks. You brought every single piece of talent that you could put on that roster for the offense. And we have yet to get a consistent team when it comes to Tom Brady and those surrounding him. Yeah, they, Your primetime game is Thanksgiving Day. You need to come and bring your best performance. You need to come and bring that best dish. But instead, that aunt or that grandma, it's overrated. It's overhyped. But then you have that aunt or that grandma. You're like, man, Aunt Mabel, you really don't have the best dish. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's just be honest. But for the number three spot, my favorite thing on Thanksgiving, by far, not even close I will eat it at any time of the year, but especially on Thanksgiving is pumpkin pie. I absolutely love pumpkin pie that I would be willing to eat two pies by myself and I would not care. I'll be fat happy. (laughs) That's the best thing is fat happy. That's a food child. Not even a food baby. That's a food child. I'll take it. It's the easiest thing to make and it's the hardest thing to screw up. (laughs) It is. It is. It is. You buy, you go to the store. It's on the can. You just buy the can. It's a tradition and it's a sign of fall. You can eat it by yourself or you can add things on top of it. Either way, it's delicious. I'm asking myself, who is that pumpkin pie in the NFL right now? The best player that resembles pumpkin pie to me is Aaron Donald. Okay. Every single time, he never lets you down, right? Right. Look at this Monday night game that was against the Buccaneers. He dominated the game. But I'm going to give you something an interesting statistic. Jared Goff and Cooper Cup had more tackles than Aaron Donald in this game. And people might say, you know, what the heck? Wait, what? Two offensive players statistically had a better game than he did. No, 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 no. Watch the replays. He didn't have a single tackle or a sack, but he was causing major issues with Tom Brady. He was being double teamed almost every single play, if not triple teamed on some of them. Aaron Donald never disappoints. He always comes through. And he's the best player on the field at most times, if not all times, including the quarterbacks. He's the pumpkin pie of the NFL. Give me a slice of Aaron Donald every single Sunday. That sounds weird. Just a little. But give me a slice. Put some little Cool Whip that's inside the tin. No shout outs. No shout outs to Cool Whip. No free shout outs. But Aaron Donald is my pumpkin pie. What is the most versatile item that you can use on Thanksgiving? versatile um let's see i would either have to go with a bread roll or the potato ding 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 you got it right potato god i love a potato who doesn't love a potato you can have a mashed potato a sweet potato a candied potato or a potato and a casserole it is so versatile it's the swiss army of ingredients and the most versatile for Thanksgiving. And I'm thinking two people when it comes to being a Swiss Army knife in the NFL or the potato of the NFL. And I know that they would love to be known as a potato. <laughs> but the two people that come to mind are first and foremost, Kyle Murray. I got I already know the other one you're going to say, but go ahead. No, no. I, tell me. No, who, you you surprise us. I'm going to say Mike Vrabel. Well, OK, I was I was going to go with Alvin Kamara. Because I know how much you love him, and he can do all things. But I like your two. Go ahead. Well, now that you say Alvin Kamara, now I'm second-guessing myself. No. But anyways, Kyle Murray, because he can run it, and he can throw it. He is a slippery little one. He's better than Cam Newton. And you talking about Cam Newton in his prime or Cam Newton now? Well, coming into his first few years in the NFL. Yeah. And better than Russell Wilson, who's also known as being a slipper. I'm saying when they first started, I know that Russell Wilson went to the Super Bowl, but I'm saying in terms of their versatility, Russell Wilson had the benefit of having the best defense when he went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I'm saying as just strictly as a player, he is a Swiss Army knife. Mike Vrabel, Super Bowl winning player, head coach that hasn't had a losing season yet, went to the AFC Championship last year. We have seen time and again his ability to use penalties and game rules to his advantage. He's a Swiss Army knife in his ability to play and to coach and to manage a game. So I consider Vrabes and Kyler the potato of the NFL. (laughs) The potato. And when it comes to Thanksgiving, there's always that one person that wants to do a turkey trot. Andrew, you know what a turkey trot is? <laughs> is that uh, like a like a turkey run? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Like your, four, or your th- There's, yeah, 4K or whatever. There's 5K. always that one family member who wants to get up at 6 or 7 in the morning, get all decked out in their winter running gear, and wants to try and drag us along <laughs> for a little turkey trot before we stuff our faces. First off, I don't like you. I don't want to do that on the best day of the year. That's a punishment. That's not something for fun. So there's always that one person who wants to do what you don't want to do and you can't stand it. I'm thinking when it comes to the NFL, there are certain players and teams that I can't stand. (laughs) The player that I can't stand the most is Earl Thomas. Oh gosh. Yes. He's high on my list too. Look, when he was in Seattle His attitude, I mean, we saw Andrew talked about this a couple weeks ago when he flipped off the Seahawks as he was being carted off the field. It's unfortunate. I mean, he got hurt, but Mm -hmm. I don't like how he handled it. He talked a lot of crap last year before the Titans played the Ravens in the divisional round. Talked a lot of crap with Derrick Henry Mm -hmm. that he's not that hard to tackle. Uh And he ended up being his lead blocker. Yep, sure did. So good for Earl, at least who's being a team player, just happened to be the other team. (laughs) But Earl Thomas, I've never appreciated his attitude. And after seeing what Eric Ebron and Juju said yesterday regarding the games, I think I would add one of them to the list as well. When it comes to teams that I don't like, I would be a dum dum to name a team because I know some of you out there probably are fans of teams and I don't want to offend you. But that is my turkey trot. Earl Thomas, you are my turkey trot, the person that we can't stand. So every year... We always have that one lazy person who doesn't contribute whatsoever to Thanksgiving, right? Would you agree? I do. That lazy person is that one family member that comes every year but doesn't contribute to the food itself. Now, the food in this case is fantasy football. And that lazy person are the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) They are so frustrating. They don't contribute to any one specific team every single week. Yeah. (laughs) They come in spurts and you don't even know who to start. Let's look at some fantasy numbers and give you the position where they rank. You know, stats are important. Okay. Well, let me ask you Cooper Cup, because he's on my fantasy. Yeah. And I never know when to bench him or start him. I don't either. I honestly don't know. I think he I think Robert Woods was only projected to have like six or seven points this past matchup, this past Monday. And he got up over, he had over 20 points. So I don't know. But for Jared Goff, he's the 20th ranked best fantasy QB. Hmm. Robert Woods, he's the 22nd best ranked wide receiver. Cooper Cup being the 31st. Well, it sure feels like it on my fantasy because goodness gracious, I get nothing from him. Henderson and Brown, their running backs are both ranked at 23rd and 32 at their respective positions. Their best position is their defense, which is ranked number six. So my point is, every year they show up, and you have to say, well, they're family, and that's what's most important. Just like the Rams are winning games, and fantasy is not the most important thing because they're continuing to win those games. It's just the fact that they're there because they're family. They're there because they are winning games. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. But they're that lazy person and the fact that they're not producing when it comes to fantasy because you don't know who's going to start. Now, Sean McVay, does, he could not care less about our fantasy points. And most players would agree. They couldn't give a flying rip. I get that. But this is also, look, this is our podcast and we want to make it a little interesting to you guys. But they are that lazy person that comes up every single year just because they're family, but they don't contribute. One of the best things at Thanksgiving dinner easily has to be mac and cheese. People come for the size like Dan and I spoke of. And mac and cheese is an American hero, right? God bless mac and cheese. It's the best non-dessert food at the gathering. Those stuffing, you know, is is a close one. Who's the best side dish in the NFL? They aren't the main course or what people maybe love and enjoy the most. And it's not the main attraction. But I think that the mac and cheese right now in the NFL is the Las Vegas Raiders. They aren't leading the division right now, and they're getting overlooked by the turkey in this situation, being the Chiefs. But don't sleep on them. It could take everyone by storm. If Mahomes doesn't have that drive, that game-winning drive in that game, the Raiders would be 7-3 to three right now, right? Mm-hmm. And we would be talking about them possibly one of the best teams in the NFL, and I still think they are even at 6-4. and four. Let's look at their four losses. They come against the Patriots the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Buccaneers. That's a combined record of 27 and 14. And I would argue that they were the better team Sunday night. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. And the Pats loss came week three. So that's early in the season. We didn't know that the Pats were going to be who they were now. But their losses are great losses. And they almost beat the Chiefs again. I don't want to play their their offense come January. I think Derek Carr is having an MVP season. His numbers aren't flashy, but he is the reason why they were in that game. Josh Jacobs was almost non-existent. They are eighth in scoring. They're 16th in total yards. And they're 13th in both turnover differential and point differential. And right now they hold the seventh playoff seed, which is the third wildcard spot. I think right now that they are the mac and cheese. They're they're not the main dish. They might not be the thing that people look forward to the most. But when people eat it, it's good. It's enjoyable. And I think it's going to be a sleeper. And I love how the Las Vegas Raiders are playing and how Derek Carr is continuing to produce. Your Thanksgiving comparisons have been very convincing so far. My last like is something that everyone needs when it comes to Thanksgiving. And that is you need a trusty dinner roll. <laughs> you need a dinner roll that's going to soak up all of that juicy goodness, whether it's gravy or the juices from if you got a good turkey to sop up those juices or any other thing that's on your plate that needs a good soaking or that barbecue sauce from that brisket Ooh. that I have. Mm. Mm. Let's go. I think we should cut this podcast early and go eat that because I'm, I'm starving. But anyways, with the dinner roll. For the NFL, there's always that one person that sops up the mess, regardless of the situation. And there are two people that I have that sop up the mess, and that's Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick. We've talked on the podcast in weeks past that Mike Tomlin has been able to steer his team into winnable seasons, regardless of the situation around him, whether it's key injuries with Big Ben, And James Conner. Exactly. We saw the situation with Antonio Brown. We didn't realize how bad it was until he was no longer in Pittsburgh. So Mike Tomlin has been able to sop up the mess that has plagued Pittsburgh for the past couple of years. And it is why he consistently is being talked about as one of the best coaches in history, not just for Pittsburgh, but in the NFL. So Bill Belichick would be my second one. Because when you think of the dinner roll. Those juices are delicious, but on your plate, it's a mess. You need something that's going to clean that plate, and that's what you use the dinner roll for. You smush it in those juices, soak it all up, and it's delicious. So Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick are able to take all that mess and sop it up and make it something good. Bill has shown, regardless of the players on his defense, even his offense, now we know that he's a defensive-minded head coach, but we have talked about the players that have been surrounded by Tom Brady and even on the defense. Most of these players, you don't know who what their names are. They're not Pro Bowl type of players, but they do what matters most, and that is win Super Bowls. And that is what Bill Belichick has done throughout his entire career, specifically in New England. So, Mike and Bill, you are my dinner roll. That's actually a beautiful transition to my last one. Last one being the uncle that no one wants there because they just talk about nonsense the entire time. It's the uncle that just talks about politics and how much he hates the world and how it is and he's just there to vent and complain about everything. That uncle for me is the New England Patriots and I'll tell you why. The fans have given up all hope and they're already throwing Cam Newton under the bus. Look, you guys went to nine Super Bowls and you won six under Tom Brady. Stop your moaning and groaning. If I had that much success, I would be thrilled, but it's never enough for Patriot fans. They have to understand, though, like you talk about, Dan, all the time. This isn't your old Patriots team anymore. You can't always have it good. You've had it good forever. Allow the team to make adjustments in something they have never experienced before. When I see Patriot fans blast their team and players, it's sickening. And they're awfully spoiled when it comes to sports in general in Boston. Exactly. That uncle doesn't have to do anything but show up and sit down and be quiet and eat the food because he's not doing anything anyways. That's how Patriot fans are this year because they're just complaining about everything. They're just continuing to chit and chat and all that. Just relax, okay? You guys have had a down year. It is okay. The first one in however long, 20 years. Don't be that annoying, uncle, okay? The thing that everyone dislikes the most. What is something that everyone on Thanksgiving dislikes the most? And that is cleanup. Cleanup. You had all that delicious food, and now you have to do something about it. The, well, first of all, it's the worst in general, but to do it on a full mm-hmm. stomach, you're like, no. just let me go rest. Let me shut my eyes. When it comes to the NFL, someone has to clean up. They don't want to do it, but it has to be done. And that is a situation that I see for the NFC next year. Some person, because we believe that maybe Joe Judge is in jeopardy of getting fired, Doug Peterson, Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, all of you have a messy situation. The Eagles are 3-6-1, and one, and they're leading their division. 3-6-1, and one, and they're leading their division. So all three of those teams, there's a whole bunch of mess, and someone has to clean it up. My question is, who is it going to be next year? Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, Joe Judge in their first years. They probably saw how big that Thanksgiving meal was and thought, oh my gosh, that (laughs) mess is bigger than I thought it was. Doug Peterson, you're trending in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So someone has to clean up that mess. In the NFC East, that's a big mess. Heads, tails, tails, heads. Call it plays in the air. Heads is the call. He said heads. It is a tails. Oh, I yeah. said he did. That was one of my most favorite moments. And honestly, it was controversial because the lines ended up winning the game. We've talked about overtime rules before in the NFL desperately need to be changed. They do that transition to our game predictions. Now last week, Dan and I both went seven and seven for week 11. That was a tough week. It was a rough week for me personally. The Rams game. Thank you. Lord it saved me from going below 500 for the first time this season. My season total is 102, 58, and 1 with 64.91%, and I am at 46 and 24, which puts me at 0. .657, so I'm barely better than the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, our predictions are pretty good. Our picks are a lot better than some experts out there. Yeah, our, nice. the, some of the experts are bad. Dan and I were looking at it before. Our picks are pretty good, though. Give a little insight. If you want to know Dan and I's sports bets, You have to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Podcast Pigskin. We're going to give you some sports bets other than the over and under, give you some spreads or some money lines. If you want to know those bets, follow us on social media because you're not going to hear it here on the podcast. Just a little incentive. Now, today, there's supposed to be three Thanksgiving games. Now, it's only two. It's unfortunate because the best Thanksgiving game ends up getting postponed until Sunday. But the thing is, I don't even care who is to play. I mean, to have football at 1, 430, and 830, that's what I was looking for the most. I don't even care who it is. First matchup, Houston traveling to Detroit. Now, road teams seem to always do well against home teams on Thanksgiving. That's why I'm going with Houston in this matchup. Okay, this game with the Detroit Lions, who literally didn't show up at all last week against the Carolina Panthers, they're going to be playing a fantastic Deshaun Watson. His receiving core, they have been stellar in the passing game. Of the offensive yardage last game, Deshaun Watson accounted for 380 of the 399 yards. 19 of those yards were someone else. In the midst of this, people asked Dabo Sweeney if he would be interested in coaching the Houston Texans next year, and he said he had no interest of coaching Houston next year. With this matchup, Deshaun Watson... In the past five games, he has a 70% completion percentage. He's 11-0 and in his touchdown-interception ratio, and his passer rating is 116. He has been phenomenal. I don't see Detroit being able to keep up with Houston. I have Houston winning against Detroit this week. Second matchup, Thanksgiving, Washington versus the Cowboys, division rival. I love the way that the Cowboys played against Minnesota. I'm going with the Cowboys. When it comes to this game, whoever wins will be leading the division. Zeke had his first 100-yard game last week. The Cowboys looked like a completely different team against the Vikings. This was a tough decision for me. I'm going to choose Dallas simply because they're at home and they do have fans, so I think that will play into it as well with Andy Dalton back. The next matchup was supposed to be the Ravens versus the Steelers, so we'll assume that they do play on Sunday. It's not a guarantee yet. The Ravens are spiraling out of control. The Steelers are rolling. I'm going with Pittsburgh. What's interesting about Baltimore is they are fourth in the league when it comes to point differential. Having players and personnel missing because of COVID, you're missing your top two running backs. I don't see Baltimore being able. It was going to be difficult in the first place to be able to beat Pittsburgh. But since you were missing some key running backs, I don't see them being able to go against Pittsburgh. I have the Steelers winning on Sunday. At this moment, they will be playing Sunday. I'm hoping I'm not eating my words on this next game. Titans traveling to Indianapolis. I said last week on the podcast that the Titans are a vastly different team on the road. They proved that to be in Baltimore. Both teams are coming off big wins. I'm leaning with the Titans, though. I really think that they're going to upset the Colts. And I said a couple weeks ago, the Colts are going to be on a high. Titans are going to be on a little high, too. I'm going with Tennessee. Tennessee's first round draft pick this past year, Isaiah Wilson, is one of only two who have yet to start a game this year. The other one? You know who it is? Jordan Love with the Packers. Yeah, and he's backup quarterback. Yeah. He's definitely not playing unless Rodgers gets hurt. So on wood. Isaiah Wilson, he is desperately needed on that offensive line. They have been riddled yes. with injuries. Tennessee, two words, Derrick Henry, run that ball. It proved well this past week against Baltimore. Indianapolis is the best defense right now, but I see Tennessee pulling through. And they are definitely going to learn from the mistake they made two weeks ago, especially with their special teams. They do have their punter back. Praise the Lord. that'll be good for them. I have Tennessee winning. Las Vegas having to travel to Hotlanta. Derek Carr is playing near perfect football right now. Going to Raiders. Both these teams are coming off tough losses. Last week, we both had Atlanta winning against New Orleans. Obviously, that didn't happen. Nope. Atlanta allowed eight sacks this past week. Derek Carr, when you look at the stats, was better than Patrick Mahomes in terms of QBR and passer rating. Las Vegas, their offense is so fun to watch. Derek Carr is on a hot streak. Should be in the MVP conversation. I have Las Vegas winning in Atlanta. Justin Herbert had another phenomenal game. Now I understand it was against the Jets. He's having to travel to Buffalo. It's going to be cold. It's going to be really chilly. Bills are coming off a bye, though. Sour taste from Arizona. I'm leading with the Bills, but I think Justin Herbert is still going to have a big game. I just think defensively they may not be able to slow down Buffalo. Justin Herbert could be the Offensive Rookie of the Year, especially since Joe Burrow is no longer playing. Austin Eckler may be able to return this week, fingers crossed. Remember, I said last week that the Jets could possibly upset the Chargers, and they almost had. They put up 28 points against L.A. They are probably the best 3-7 team this year. Justin Herbert, you are fantastic, but I don't see them beating Buffalo in Buffalo, who, by the way, they're wearing their classic uniforms this week, so that'll be nice to see. I have Buffalo winning. Yeah, if there's a game that I want to be wrong on, it's definitely the Chargers, because I'd love to see Justin Herbert go out with a bang, finishing the season. Next game, Giants are traveling to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is done for the year. Giants are on a winning streak. They've won two in a row. This is going to be three. I'm going with the Giants. The Giants should be thanking in a way, thanking that they don't have to face Joe Burrow, because if Joe was in this game, I would have actually pinned... picked Cincinnati. Remember I said early in the podcast, don't pick anyone on your fantasy when it comes to the Bengals. Now, unless you got a running back, cause they, yeah. they're probably going to have a lot of, I would get rid of wide receivers or tight ends, but there is a significant drop off between Joe Burrow and not having Joe. So I have the giants winning Danny dimes. It's your week. Panthers are traveling to Minnesota. Going to be a fun game to watch. I believe you have two young offenses, Justin Jefferson Carolina cannot guard him going with the Vikings. That's with Adam Thielen, most likely not playing on Sunday. Carolina had their first shutout since 2015 last week against the Detroit Lions. Andrew, do you know the stat, you know how long Matt Stafford's been in the league? Uh, I would say probably this is ninth year. It's actually his 11th year. Mm. He has started 159 games and he has been shut out zero times except for last week. You know, and and before you give your prediction, I love with Aaron Rodgers. He had, he was on with Pat McAfee and he said on there that the most underrated or probably overlooked quarterback in the league right now is Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Matthew Stafford, I understand they got shut up last week against Carolina, but Matthew Stafford is the best thing that's happened to Detroit since Barry Sanders. Oh, Calvin Johnson too. But Matthew Stafford is getting overlooked. And if he was in a bigger market or he was actually winning, he would be in the MVP conversation. Yeah. And he's got a couple of offensive linemen that could potentially go to the pro bowl. I just can't believe in 11 years, he's never been shut out until last week with Carolina. Christian McCaffrey could potentially return this week, but I don't know why you would. You have yeah, I wouldn't jeopardize. It. I mean, yeah. And you have a bye week next week. So now we did ask her, uh, we did talk to her. One of our buddies, Tyler, I know you're listening be on the podcast. We, he asked, he posed a question to us. Should the Panthers win and try to make playoffs or should they lose and try to get a playoff spot? The thing is, the NFC is so bad right now on the tail end. Mm -hmm. You're only two games back from a wildcard spot and we're only in week 12. I'm, if I'm in that position and I'm Carolina, I'm trying to make playoffs. You're in that middle draft position right now where, you know what, if you try to win games, you might move three or four spots back. Not a big deal but I want to make playoffs. So to answer your question, Tyler, I'm pushing for the playoffs right now. I'm only two games back as a Panthers. You possibly get Christian McCaffrey back. And if you've, you've put yourself in a position where you know you can win without him, Just think about the things you can do when you have him back. I also look at it from the point of view is you want to win games because going into next year, you want to know what you need to improve on. Yeah. By winning games and tr- going with an all out effort, when you're going into the offseason, into the draft, you want to know what positions you need help on. If you tank at this point, it's very hard to see what you need to improve on. Well, it's just like the Jags and the Jets. You know you need everything. Well, unless yeah. you're the And then, then you're like the Bengals, you just need an offensive line because you have a great young receiving core. Joe Burrow will be back next year. I, I agree with your valid point that you need to know what your team needs to address in the offseason. Play for the playoffs. If you are in, within reach, go for it. Or you could be the NFC East and win the division and still be one of the worst teams. In the NFL thing is like you could be second place in the division and still have like a top five pick. It's insane with the playoffs this year. It's a good example of you want to be that fifth seed in the NFC because you have to play the fourth seed. Yes. So if you're at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, can you imagine you may end up playing the Washington football team? I'll that's, take it. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good situation. But going back to this pick, Carolina against Minnesota. They're coming off a tough loss against the Cowboys. I have Minnesota winning. If Christian McCaffrey comes back, which I don't think he will for just one game, it could be closer, but I still have Minnesota winning. Arizona Cardinals are traveling to new England. And I know I'm beating a dead horse by picking the Patriots week after week. I genuinely believe that this is going to be a game where the Cardinals slip up just a little bit. I'm going with the Patriots. I, I It's going to be cold. I don't know. I just, just one of those feelings I'm getting that I, I'm just picking the Patriots. I really can't explain it. I'm picking them. I could see that happening because Bill Belichick, he listens to this podcast and he does things in spite of me. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals, I said earlier, Kyler Murray is playing better than Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson did in their first years. James White should be back this week. I just don't see New England being able to hold back the Arizona Cardinals offensively. They are a fantastic team. The defense is middle of the league. I have Arizona in New England winning. Dolphins are traveling to New York to play the Jets. Jets are 0-10. I'm going with the Dolphins. Last week I said the Jets. And the Chargers could be a trap game. This could be another trap game situation because Miami is a divisional team. The Jets are staring down at 0-16, which would only be the third time in NFL history that that's happened. Tua will start this week, even though he was pulled in the last game. Miami has actually suffered 10 road loss games versus losing teams. So this is prime for the picking in a trap game. But the Jets, they're just not good. I've got Miami winning in the Meadowlands. My upset pick of the week. Cleveland Browns are traveling to Jacksonville. The Browns are barely squeaking by. I said it earlier. I'm going with Jacksonville with the upset. Now, I do recall last week, you said Doug Barone was going to be fired after playing the Steelers. I'm sorry, I was wrong this week. Yeah. So, well, we admit when we're wrong, and I think, you know, obviously you were wrong on that one. Cleveland is one in three against teams with winning records. Luckily for Cleveland, they're not playing a team with a winning record. I have Cleveland winning, and I just want to give you this tidbit of information. Did you know that Dak Prescott has more passing yards in the five games he played than Baker Mayfield? Nick Foles and Drew Locke. I believe it. That's just um, this team. Was Baker's re- overrated. He is overrated. And this Cleveland team, uh, you have the benefit of having a fantastic defense, which shout out because I used him in all three of my fantasies last week and I got over 20 points. Their offensive line is top 10 in the league and he's benefited from that. I still have Cleveland winning in spite of all of this. Saints are traveling to mile high. Taysom Hill cannot be stopped. This is going to be a game where he's utilized probably the most he's ever been. I understand he's starting quarterback now. But because it's going to be in mile high and it's going to be cold, I think that Sean Payton is going to utilize his feet more than he ever has going with the Saints. This past week, Taysom was the only quarterback in the NFC South who didn't have an interception. The other three had two interceptions. Taysom had zero. New Orleans is on a seven-game winning streak. And they have shown, just like we've talked about in the past, the importance of having a quality backup quarterback. Whether it's Taysom or Jameis, I still think that either of them will beat Denver in the Mile High City. Los Angeles Rams are hosting the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams are coasting right now. I'm going with the Rams. This past week, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods accounted for 23 receptions and 275 yards between the two of them, which is insane. They didn't run the ball, but they didn't need to. San Francisco is just in a point where the injuries are stacking up in what is the best division for football. I have Los Angeles winning. San Francisco has lost three in a row, and I think this will be four. Kansas City Chiefs are traveling all the way to Tampa Bay. All I have to say is Patrick Mahomes is the captain now. Now, if you get that, it's a pirate ship, captain. Oh, stretch. If you have to explain it's not a stretch. To me that- well, <laughs> no, I'm the captain now. He's the captain of the ship. In the NFL, Chiefs are winning this game. The Kansas City Chiefs have had eight straight winning seasons with Andy Reid. Tom Brady ties Danny Nichols for nine interceptions this year. You know, Ryan Sekup is number one in the league when it comes to points. I wish the Tennessee Titans would have realized that. Tom Brady, as you said earlier, is one and three in prime time. In his games between week eight and 11, he is zero for 19 on the D ball. Tom Brady, this is just not the quarterback that I remember. But I'm going to split with you on this one. I think he's going to play with aggression. He's at home, and he, I don't see him losing two at-home games back-to-back. Yeah, but I don't see Tampa even stopping Patrick Mahomes. You, Tom Brady can play however he wants. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to score no, more but points. There, but Tampa's defense has been great this year. Except last, and, this past Monday. Okay, that that's true. But I still have... Tom Brady winning, and you can say Kansas City's going to win. I do. They've won five in a row. This could be six. But I'm going to go with a break because we've matched up almost pick for pick this point. I'm going to make a dash and go with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Sunday Night Football, one of the best rivalries in all of sports, in my opinion. Chicago Bears are traveling to Green Bay. That's going to be a cold one. Aaron Rodgers is mad right now. I think he's real mad. Going with the Packers. Yeah, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he was awfully kind after that game in his discussions regarding Valdez-Scantley and his fumble. He's a cut him. They had four turnovers in that game. They benefited with the Colts and keeping the game close. Well, the Colts had nine holding penalties, five of which were in the last series alone. Do you know that Cordell Patterson has more kick return yards than the Bears have on offense? I mean, that's pretty pitiful. Chicago... Hasn't named a starter, but I believe that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starter. Chicago has lost their last four games. I see Green Bay playing a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. I've got Green Bay winning. No, John, he was on the podcast last week. He messaged me on Instagram that the only two quarterbacks right now who have started in the NFL that are undefeated are Ben Roethlisberger and Mitchell Trubisky. And I responded to him. I said, context matters because, well, I mean, it... Bowls down to wins at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I do agree with you. I think Chicago should go back to Trubisky, see what they have there, because Nick Foles has been anything but a good quarterback. That's like saying a tight end comes in for only two catches and there are only two catches ever have been touchdowns. It's like like Mike Vrabel. He was a linebacker in New England, and every catch he has in the NFL is a touchdown. Mm -hmm. But there's context within that. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Philadelphia. Honestly, I don't care where this game was at. It could even be a neutral site. Russell Wilson is playing off extended rest Seahawks easily. I have to give you a little hint. One of my sports bets has to deal with this game. Going with the Seahawks. Philadelphia has a tough road ahead. They play Seattle, then Green Bay, New Orleans, and Arizona. I would not want to be them right now, especially when you're leading in such an awful division. Jalen Rager is the first-round pick for Philly, and he only has 16 receptions this year. Seattle has benefited from playing teams that have a combined record for 9-28-1. I see Seattle easily winning this game and Philadelphia losing the lead in the division. That is it for our Thanksgiving special. We appreciate you guys listening. Remember, follow us on social media if you want our sports gambling bets. It's going to be some ones we've never talked about on the podcast before. Do you have anything you need to add, Daniel? It's just a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy your family, food, and football. Like Daniel said, everyone, eat your turkey, get fat, watch football, and enjoy your family. See you next Thursday. Much love. Thanks for listening this week on the Pigskin Podcast. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Pigskin. If you want to stay engaged throughout the week, give us a follow. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a breakdown. Signing off.